to Japanese and Hong Kong Chinese parents, my next guest spent her childhood bouncing between different cities in Asia and Italy before moving to New York, where she obtained a bachelor's degree in fine arts from Parsons School of Design. Mizuki Nishiyama is young, beautiful and incredibly talented, and she's currently exhibiting her paintings at the A&N Gallery with her solo exhibition entitled Caesar Transgressing the Seated Body. She joins me now on Zoom to tell me more about it and herself. Good afternoon to you. Good afternoon. Hi. Thank you so much for having me today. Well, it's lovely to have you on for you to take out time uh, in your busy schedule to talk to us. But um, the I, I must tell um, listeners that if they want to see some of these amazing um, paintings, you can go to my Facebook page, Saudi Osmani on Radio 3 RTHK. And there's a, there's a number of paintings there, which we are going to be talking about in a few months. So go to the Facebook page and have a look at them. Now, um, Mizuki, tell me about this exhibition. It is quite a stunning exhibition. I thought the paintings were lovely. So tell me about it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, yes, the most recent exhibition um, is currently at AN Gallery in central Hong Kong. Um, it's titled Cezanne, Transgressing the Female Body. It explores the constriction and liberation as a mixed Japanese woman, literally through the imagery of a physical traditional Japanese sitting position, which is called Cezanne. Um, it's a seemingly like submissive position where you kneel, have your palms gently placed onto the knees. So the female body and the female experience has been compared to the beautiful and grotesque for hundreds of years mm. because of how much it deviates from, you know, the ideal white male form. And there's something extremely fertile, vital and gruesome in regards to what a woman could represent in contrast to the ideal form. And of course, being female myself, the best I can do is to document my own journey and represent my own experiences in its most authentic form. Um, you know, a woman's womanhood, if you will, and her value in regards to her sex is something that's so steered by society. Mm -hmm. For example, like one of my imageries is menstrual blood, and it's seen as an impurity in my Japanese culture, yet it signifies fertility. There's just so much contradiction, you know, when it comes to being a woman, socially, politically, and my hope is to create conversation in regards to all of this. Mm. Well, I, you know, one of the things you've just mentioned, some of the vibrant colours, and you were talking about blood there, that, you know, you've used, that's a consistent theme I can see, that you've used some beautiful, vibrant colours, like there's deep reds and oranges and rusts. Um, and, you know, is there, a, obviously, you know, that reflects the, the vibrancy of women, but is there anything else in that colour that you're trying to, you, you mentioned colour again, because that strikes me as soon as I see the paintings. Mm -hmm. Um Actually, this is kind of funny. I've tried to psychoanalyze myself on this. Mm -hmm. um, I've noticed that I've been surrounded by this color since I was young. You know, the dark red shades of my furniture, my mother's oh. paintings, my father's flamenco guitar, my own violin. Like there is and there's, there was so much of this color around me. And I also truly think that the Italian influences impacted me aesthetically in that way as well. But ultimately, I think I found comfort, perhaps, perhaps like a, a balance between passion and strength and also humility in the color red. Um, I personally associate it with tumultual experiences, but also just the exasperatingly you know, beautiful fluidity as a woman. And I think only a woman can experience within the chaos of reality and the warm shades um, like so represents the experience well in my opinion 
my own opinion. You just also, you just mentioned um, Italy and obviously the influence of, say, the colours and things there. But, you know, you've really been hopping around. You literally have been since your childhood. So how much of that, you know, you've obviously mentioned some of it has come into your painting. But, you know, you've seen women in different roles in different countries as well. So how much of that's incorporated in your work? I think I always kind of trace back to family first of all um pretty much everybody in the family are artists to an extent mm -hmm. my mother grandmother grand uncle are painters and notably my mother and grandmother as they are you know they innovate things um visually um it's a very visually tactile uh approach to creating life and responding to to reality um but again with the background in terms of family because i think it, it really drives the way how it work um, my father, he specialized in French philosophy and literature, but his career was in Italian automotive fashion and mm. is a flamenco guitarist by passion. Wow. Um, great grandfather was a doctor, but also uh, a Japanese flautist and was on and off in the Japanese national theater. So, you know, family has taught me that music, visual arts, poetry, and so on are not separate entities or additions to life. They're essentially elements that organically ingrain and personalize literally each and every one of us. And, you know, like you mentioned, being multicultural, I'm really grateful for, you know, the kind of facets it has given me to, you know, look through, especially as a woman. There was a lot of confusion growing up. Um, reality is really set in, you know, one's eyes, you know, that is your own set of, of truth. But being able to deduct and concoct and, you know, multiply all these positive and questionable elements in each mm. culture, mm you know, it has allowed me to truly inherit an, an experience that feels original to myself. So mm -hmm. it's not saying that my approach is correct, but it's like, again, I'm trying to create conversation because that's the most important thing for us to be aware and for us to reflect. There's a lot going on, <laughs> I can tell. Now, you know, it's interesting <laughs> because, you know, as a painter, when you, you know, you've got these um, paintings up there and people are coming and having a look at them, there is so much that goes behind that in terms of what's coming from you. And when you see people look at them, you know, how do you, tr do you kind of, if you're, if you're standing there, do you kind of tell them that, look, this is what I'm trying to convey? Or do you just like to see what it is that they see in that painting? I think the physicality of an art piece is so interesting to me because Personally, I actually tended to ponder the process more than what is sitting right in front of me. Mm -hmm. And I think that is because as somebody who, you know, uh, goes through the process of, you know, failure or frustration and all that, I feel like all the, the good stuff, <laughs> it's hidden in there. Um, and the final product is just a facade of it. Mm -hmm. um, so I'd like to note that the process is somewhat similar, like my own process to kind of like a regurgitative vile or vomit like it's <laughs> it, it's vulgar the way how i'm exp mm. expressing it um the you know the inspiration and yearning comes in such a viscous substance and it has to be you know in the present future but also metaphysical elements that i just can't seem to put into words but do people um, see that actually when they see, though, I, yeah that's why when they see your paintings i, I mean when you've been so. standing there do they come and they think oh, yeah i feel that i can feel exactly what you're trying to say <laughs> i think there is a 
or I hope there is an energetic pull because it is it is vibrational, mm-hmm. you know, um, mm-hmm. colors vibrate. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, it's just a way of translation. Um, I, I got into painting um, as a secondary form, actually. I wanted to be a full-time poet. Okay. I still write, mm-hmm. but it's just something that, you know, with the organized alphabet and my own writing um, revealed in such a straight ma- manner that I felt I was too aggressive. But with painting, you know, the elements of design and you can of yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Now you're very young, um, <laughs> you know. Um, do you want more? Because you know, maybe painting and general interest in these things is it limited? Do you see that it's limited among the amongst the younger generation? Is that something that you are trying? Because you know, you're a great ambassador in terms of being able to try and get more young people involved in painting or come and have a look at your painting. So is that? Is, do you think that you know there are not enough young people, you know? participating in all this right now or do you think it's okay well I mean what do you see from from your experience I think first of all it's important to note that we live in such an immediate type of society as in like you know we have mobiles the internet if we want to find out about something we can get it instantaneously mm-hmm. and in a way it removes the, the mystery the mystique the sexiness the the allure of life, because again, it's the process and not just the the facade of it, the the result, which is also important. But you know, for us to be able to take back, I guess, the positive and negative space is what I would like to say. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a balance of both, because obviously, modern times have its own uh, merit. It's how we navigate in a way that is soulfully satisfying, um, you know, efficient, and all that. Um, so do you but, think that it is still an area that, you know, young people, because now obviously you can see things online and you can see even your paintings. We can probably have a look online and see some of those things and, and that will stimulate interest. But um, but it's more that, you know, you're very young and, and some of the messages you're putting through are very, you know, they're important messages, certainly about women and their role in society and stuff, that it's nice if, you know, more younger people can be aware of that, you know. And painting is a great way to do it. Yes and no, because, again, it's, it's just a form of translation. I think these things are ingrained within us, our actions, the way we think, um, how we approach different things mm-hmm. um, or, or different mediums. Painting is a niche niche thing. Yeah. It's like speaking a particular language. Yeah. Um, I don't think I can, I can, you know, accurately comment on that, mm-hmm. but... It's interesting. It wouldn't hurt. (laughs) It wouldn't hurt. Yeah. Now tell me, you know, I've always wondered, like, you know, sometimes when you get the inspiration, you've got some, you've got beautiful, you've got 10 paintings there, right? Um, Mm -hmm. When you, when you actually start a work, like, is it something that takes you time? Does it change over time as you're, as you're actually painting it? Or, you know, how long does, uh, like, one of those paintings that you've got there, did you spend a long time putting it together? Or was it something that just came through inspiration and you just did it in no time at all. I'm always intrigued to know how long, you know, painters spend on these things. I think, again, both. Um, I feel like my responses are really frustrating because I'm <laughs> very... right. My questions uh, are probably a little bit too basic here. <laughs> oh, no, no, not at all. It's just that, um, okay, so I tend to cheekily answer a day to a year every okay. single time somebody asks me okay. because I feel like there's two sides of me. 
part that's very academic. I love researching. I love taking time and, you know, taking different approaches. Um, but there's a part of me that's, you know, being an abstract expressionist painter. Again, it's something that's regurgitated and needs to be done in an instant. Um, you know, whether slowly with thought or intention or in a, you know, sudden aggressive rage. Um, it depends on the mental state and also the concepts that I'm working with. Mm -hmm. And out of the collection that you've got at the moment, what would you say is one of your favorites? Which one is real close to your heart and why? Oh, that's such a tough question. <laughs> <laughs> I know they'd all be favorites. And obviously each one means something else to you. But is there one that you are particularly sort of satisfied with, you know, and happy with? Yes. Um, well, I mean, like every piece has incorporated, you know, very specific time and energy and purpose, but three of, I, I will have to say three, three of my favorite ones are titled Makai, Splice, and Sitting Waiting. Okay, they were all on um, my Facebook page. You know, so those three paintings are, you know, part of this collection along with seven others. Mm -hmm. um, Splice uh, is one of the large pieces. Um, it depicts a gender neutral figure with you know, very augmented male features in the chest and the arms. Um, you know, the figure or figures are sliced in half or perhaps it's two people merging together. It's a bit blurred. Um, but it's important to note that they're placed on top of a chabudai, which is a traditional Japanese table used to serve tea and snacks. You know, so therefore it represents a very strong familial symbol. But at the same time, um, chabudai gaishi, it's a notorious term that describes Japanese fathers, um, perhaps like flipping tables in an upheaval. Um, aggression to portray dominant male masculinity within the household it's also attached to this um you know this, this object this furniture mm -hmm. so for the figures to have their nether regions pressed against each other it's almost homoerotic and their hands uniting in like a contemplative of gentle and soft manner um you know being placed on top of the chabadai it's almost it's like as they're being served funny sort of connection there but I think we got for it for us to the viewers and especially to me okay. as a female painter pursuing mm. no there's uh, a lot going on. yeah there's yeah. a lot going on there certainly is and you can see that actually when you do see the paintings as I said if you want to have a look at the ones that Mizuki just mentioned you can have a look at my Facebook page on Saudi Osmani on our Radio 3 RTHK um, let me just ask you now um, finally you know just about your future ambitions I mean you've done this particular exhibition and you you know it's it's out there people can see some of these lovely paintings have you got something else in mind that you want to do now um, what's your next project I'm currently working. So I actually just got back from Japan after a couple of months of a, of a hiatus, if you will, to kind of get in touch with my with my roots. Um, I was so inspired, you know, going back, especially to the Kyoto area where mm -hmm. it's, you know, the old Japan is really still um, living. Mm -hmm. So I'm currently working on a series called Kusozu, and it's basically the traditional Japanese nine human decomposition stages. Okay. Um, so traditionally, monks would be confined in a room within a temple, surrounded by paintings of nine women from, you know, vital to being decomposed into nature. And, you know, the function is to demonstrate the effects of impermanence and the gross nature of the human form, especially the female one. Mm -hmm. Again, playing with the ideas of the beautiful and grotesque. I think it's going to be so fascinating to create it with, you know, a charcoal medium mm -hmm. on, but on Japanese hemp mulberry paper, merging like cultures and also aesthetically clashing together. 
Um, and I'm currently working on stage six of the decomposition. Okay. Wow, that's interesting. Um, has the has the pandemic had an influence on your work in terms of the subject matter and what you're looking at and things like that? For sure. Um, I've noticed that conceptually and also, you know, aesthetically, my work seemed to look a little bit more constrictive since the pandemic started. I, I obviously went through, you know, a bit of a uh, mental, mm. uh, you know, flux mm. uh, just as a response to what's happening. But that's that's the that's the thing, you know. That's life. Um, yeah. The works are a visual diary, um, and it's just part of the journey, reflective of reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'd like to thank you so much for your time today, and just to reiterate, really, that the exhibition is at the A and N Gallery, and it's running. It started actually in March, but now it's running till the eighth of April, so we still have chance, and it is actually open to the public. Um, and you, you were saying that, you know, there's there's not many people coming and going, so I'm sure you can go and have a look at the paintings. Mizuki, thank you so much for your time today. It's been lovely talking to you. And she is absolutely stunning too, you know. You should see the paintings. And she's got some lovely paint, paintings there with her sta- sitting in front of them as well, looking very beautiful. So make sure you look at my Facebook page. Mizuki, well... Um, you know, good luck with the rest of your thing. And seriously, seriously, come back to the 123 show and tell us when your next exhibition is on because we'd love to hear from you. Okay, thank you ever so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for your time. Okay.